Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Kaysen. With me today, the queen of eBay, Shelly Epperly. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And while Dean McMurray cannot join us today, we are especially happy to have a special guest joining us today. And, and she's cool for a number of different reasons. Uh, I'll go through them in inverse order. I'll save the, the best one for last. She's cool because she's a coach and she is directly involved with the uh, tire uh, workshop organization. She does tire boot camp and tire mastery and so forth. Um, she is helping David to write his next book. That's a really cool thing. But the best thing of all about her is her name, Cat Wanders. I mean, what kind, what a great <laughs> name. That is so cool. So, Cat, thank you for joining us on the program. We're really glad to have you here. Indeed. Thank you. And it's short for Katerina. So that's, that's also pretty fun. That's great. <laughs> I love it. But I mean, that, like, you, it, it almost made me ask, like, did you make that one up? It's such a good name. I mean, there are, there are actresses who'd like to have that name. That's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kat, Katerina is my, name with the Q. That is my it is. name. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's really cool. great. Yes. Yeah. That's one of the best names I've ever seen. They're really cool. So you got to tell. Oh, and by the way, she's a self-described Taya expert. We got to find out what that's going to be about in a minute. But first, tell <laughs> us about how you got involved in Taya in the first place, because that that Taya has been like the topic for the last week. So we got to kind of kind of pile on top of that one. Yeah. I saw you had Brent on here yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, and we got exciting. David coming on tomorrow. It's even better. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, well, tell him I said hi. Oh, wait, I, I talk to him that. every day. But <laughs> <laughs> I myself. So how I got started, um, I was listening to his podcast back mm. when it first started, and I thought it was really interesting because I, I followed the law of attraction to an extent. Like, mm. I understood the concept. Um, I, honestly, it didn't resonate with me a whole lot, though, because my first mm. introduction to it was the book The Secret, and that just... At my, to my mind at the time in my early 20s, I remember thinking, well, this is materialistic and um, <laughs> like, this is just not what I want at all. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, I was, li I was literally a traveling circus performer and I had like, wow. I, I would go to India for six months at a time and I purposely put myself in these situations where I didn't like money. And obviously I've changed a lot <laughs> since then, but um that was my point of view at the time. And I remember there was a line in the secret that said, um, when you don't have anything going on, just focus on the things you want. And mm -hmm. I put the book down. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, if, I love if, it. If I have downtime, I'm going to meditate. So um, uh, that's kind of where I was. I was in a really different place back then. Really mm -hmm. kind of, you know, yogier than now is what we used to call that. But yogier I, than, oh, there's yeah, another yeah, great phrase. You just so, pull all these great phrases. I love yeah. this. <laughs> so I came across David's podcast and just really liked it. And the fact that he was gay and I think he was in San Francisco at the time, but mm. I remember being like, awesome. Oh, someone I can actually get on board with. And I really loved <laughs> the way the stream didn't sugarcoat things. Um, mm. So I was into his podcast for a little bit. I had sort of just discovered it when um, one of my editing clients, because I specialized in like editing channel books, oh. um, told me, hey, have you ever heard of the stream of David? Because there's an ad on his Instagram. He's looking for a book editor. Ooh. And so I freaked out for a minute. And then <laughs> and I um, so I, I emailed him and I talked with my mentor about it. Like, hey, I have to email him. I have to edit his book. And so she helped me. And he ended up calling me, didn't interview any other editors, hired me on the spot. Nice. Um, we talked for like two and a half hours on FaceTime, loved him. I was such a fangirl. Like I was, <laughs> I was so excited about it. And that was kind of like the rest is history. I helped him with this book. I helped him publish it. Then I introduced him to my mentor who helped him create Taya Bootcamp. And um, I was one of the first ones in there because as soon as it existed, I'm like, you let me in, I'm going in. And I haven't looked back since. Like I, I got out of boot camp, immediately joined Mastery, and then the stream suggested he and I co-author the next book, which is all about the Taya practice. And we're done with it. It's going through its final stages of editing, and it's taken us. We've been writing it for three years, I think. Mm, so boy. it's it's almost ready. I really do think it will be published by the end of 2021. <laughs> so it'll be ready. So so for those of us that don't know what Taya Bootcamp is, do you have like a little elevator speech for that? <laughs> it's basically an, a step-by-step -step process of learning what he calls the Taya practice. And Taya, I don't know if this will be backwards if I hold up my tattoo, but 
So Taya, that's the logo for it, is, um, tr- stands for Trust Your Abundance. So it's, oh, awesome. it's similar. I mean, well, it's not similar to, it's not the law of attraction teaching. Like there is a lot of law of attraction teaching in it, but it's really more about just vibrational flow and like a different operating system for humanity. So, um, but it has evolved. I mean, it started out, he called it the law of attraction at the beginning and it has evolved so much since then. So the boot camp program is like a step-by-step it's all online and there's mentors and coaches and steps where you learn what are called the four pillars of Taya. And a lot of this is in the book. It's like the bird's eye view is the book, but then the course just gets you into it and it changes your life. Like it's everyone I've seen go through it. So that's the best explanation I can give. That's a pretty good one, actually. I mean, I I tried to give one yesterday and the way I kind of described it was it's a combination of direct readings with a stream or direct reading with a stream, uh, direct personal coaching uh, modules that you study to do your own homework. There's group activity work. It's kind of like this overall package. It's, it's the business side of what David does. And it's yeah. just this overall package for, for taking massive personal growth steps forward, uh, financially, health-wise, relationship-wise, all the different ways that we tend to, as human beings trying to become conscious creators, we tend to step on our own toes and this helps us stop stepping on our own toes. So that's, a that's essentially pretty, what it does. That's a pretty good explanation too. Yeah, yeah. It's basically yeah. like school for life taught by the stream as your teacher. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Nice. That sounds cool. awesome. And we've uh, here on the show, we've had a fair amount of experience with him because David was a co-host on this show here for about six months, last half of last year. Yeah. Oh. And uh, so it got to know him pretty well. He, It's fun, too, I have to admit. I, I don't know if you were aware of this, Kat, but back before he came on, I always had this desire not to sit in the hot seat, but to interview Abraham, of Abraham Hicks. And then I heard about the stream. I said, whoa, that's just like interviewing Abraham. That'd be so great. And then I got the chance to do it. And it is a blast. I mean, because obviously on a podcast, I'm doing it from the perspective of what questions can I ask from the audience's point of view, right? Because I'm I'm trying to make it broad enough that it appeals to everybody. But oh my goodness, the the philosophical discussions that I ended up having with the stream were just wild. They just went off in all kinds of interesting directions. Yeah, yours especially. You, you really did get it, get them into I do. concepts. I mean, <laughs> it's, well, it also helps that I have had probably 25 different life coaches as co-hosts over the years. So I picked up a lot of stuff, you know, yeah. that I could draw upon that, that definitely helped me a lot, but oh boy, I just love connecting into his stuff. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. What's so. crazy is I actually didn't know about Abraham Hicks until after I. Oh, really him. cool. Yeah. That's yeah, very I, good. I had heard some stuff and I didn't uh-huh. really know like who Esther was or anything. And it wasn't until later. And then I, now I actually read up on them, but not yeah. so much. I really like the stream. That's just, well, they, especially they make since, sense to my brain. <laughs> since the story you told about how, I mean, cause people have reacted differently to the secret, both to the movie and the book. Some people reacted well, other people not so well. You were in the not so well camp. I haven't and even so, seen the movie. Okay. All right. Well, the movie is basically the book with video. I mean, literally that's all it is. Yeah. The, the dialogue is almost identical between the two. There's like a few variations. Um, but the original secret was based on the teachings of Abraham Hicks. Yeah. Okay. So it's not surprising to me that you didn't know Abraham. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just kind of, it fits. So uh, I got to ask you also, because you, you gave me so much meat in that first you know, bit that you talked about. I don't know that we'll even get through a third of it, but <laughs> you got to talk about your first inclination to go out and be part of a traveling circus. I mean, I have not had anyone on the show who had that background. So you just got to touch on that for a minute. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> Um, that's okay. (laughs) I'll try to, I'll try to give you a very, very short version. I was, um, I just out of college, I graduated really early. And so I graduated college really early. I had done the whole cheerleading thing and I I had done professional dance and modeling on the side. So I had like experience performing, Mm. but, um, I didn't think that would actually go anywhere. So, you know, I got a, like an art history degree, an English degree, I was doing the whole school thing. And then Mm -hmm. I got, you know, this great job out of college. And then one day I'm standing there realizing like, this is my life now. This is, this is, I just spent all these years to do this. And so I went home and I got rid of everything I owned and I bought a van. (laughs) I took off and so I, with my cat and, <laughs> and so I, I, how appropriate. Yeah. And that cat was really mad at me for that. Oh my. But, um, so yeah, I took off and I just kind of started traveling and I, uh, met, I just met a traveling 
musician one day on the street who started telling me that he worked with elephants at a Renaissance fair. And if I wanted to go and I was like, well, I'd been dancing on the streets for money, like belly dancing <laughs> on the streets for money. And <laughs> so, you want to clarify that? Let's just clarify that. Real quick. <laughs> and then traveling and like I'd been to India, I'd been doing all this traveling. And I thought, well, okay, let's try that. And then that connected me. Those people also worked with circuses. And then, so I got, I was working with the animals and then they're like, oh, oh hey, awesome. you have acrobatic experience. So the next thing I knew I was doing acrobatics and I did some fire performance and Wow. Did it for 14 years and um, eventually wow. settled down because I had my daughter while I was out there. And mm. eventually, after some, some turmoil with her father not loving my lifestyle, I, and, and there was there was some fighting and, um, and some, some lawsuits involved, and I settled down and got her. So. <laughs> but on some level, you must have, to do it for 14 years, you had a love in there. there that was... That was a uh, more than just a lifestyle. That was a lot yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah really that's amazing. I did. It's just it takes a lot out of your body to do I'm that. Sure. It's because mm-hmm. especially because not only is it a physical job, but it's I mean you're constantly moving. You're mm-hmm. it's really hard on your body. You're dealing with extreme temperatures. You're sleeping in 102 degree weather. You may or may not have electricity or plumbing. Like it's mm. it's you may or may not get stomped on by an elephant. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, those are serious considerations, and yet you kept going with it. That's how I knew how much you loved it, which is, I mean, I admire that. It took me a long time to really learn to trust just going after what I love doing. That's how I ended up doing the show here. So when I know somebody or meet somebody who did it from a very early age, I say, wow, I'm really impressed. (laughs) So that's a good thing. All right, so um, let's fast forward then back to when you got involved with Taya. Um, All right, I got to hit on the other one because this is just like one of those little else says, okay, you got to go answer this one. What's this about being a Tyus expert? What's that all about? That's, that's David's name for me now. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I'm a sex coach. So he, he, I don't know. I think he just kind of decided one day we were doing a podcast interview and he just decided I was now the Tyus expert. So um, it's, it's stuck now. And other people come to me for sex and relationship advice. Uh, and sex coaching is very different than sex therapy. Like I'm not a therapist. I, my licensing is only in coaching and it's, I have a very unique take on sex and sexuality. So um, it, depending on who comes to me, most of my clients are female. I do have some clients who are couples and um, that come to me together. And then others, I a few men, I've coached a few men who just wanted to be better for their partner. But mostly that's a little awkward for me because I'm a woman and I, yeah. I'm not a man. And so I can't like, I can definitely help with like, here's seeing this side of it, but I'm not a man. And <laughs> so I can't help in all. Good thing you know, that, that's helpful actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I actually just finished. Um, so my book, uh, Sexually Empowered is coming out tomorrow, actually. Wow. And, congratulations. Um, oh. Yeah, so that's this will be book number gosh thirty one in my arsenal. So um, yeah, I have quite a few, oh and um, I have I have like a memoir detailing my circus years and things like that. And looking back and realizing that a lot of them, a lot of the lessons in that book came from the stream before I ever mm. knew what the stream was. Um, really, was, you know, back in like the nineties and early two thousands. But nowadays, uh, my teachings in the I have a whole series of sex books coming out, and it's part of a bigger brand called Living an Unedited Life. Because I'm a okay. book editor, so the unedited mm-hmm. was kind of a little pun. Sure. Now I'm apparently starting a podcast, which David just announced yesterday. And Whoa! <laughs> so um, it's it's all kind of linked, but sexuality is a big part of what I teach. But I mean, I don't want to just limit myself to talking about sex only. So sure. um, other concepts will be addressed in the podcast. I do have other books, like one on healthy boundaries coming out, another one about moving beyond mm-hmm. slut shaming. And just how sexuality is so taboo in our society. And even in spiritual circles, there's a lot of taboo around it saying like, you know, once you are intimate with someone, you only connect your, or you connect yourself to that person for five years energetically and how that's why you need to have uh, your partner should be few and far between. But the stream doesn't judge any of that. They Mm. think you could do whatever you want. Like if you want to go out and be promiscuous, the stream's not going to judge you. There might be other reasons that may not be the best idea, but sure. but yeah. who, who are we to judge because everyone is on their own path. So a lot of what I teach is moving past guilt, shame, and judgment around mm-hmm. it and actually mm-hmm. embracing what works for you, but also not pushing that on other people because like I'm a big part of the polyamory community and a lot of people who are polyamorous, which means having multiple 
relationships at once and everyone's oh. aware that everyone is in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Like currently I have two partners, one is female, one is male and everybody knows. And a lot of people who are polyamorous really judge monogamous people. They're like, Oh, really? well, they're not evolved because they're in a monogamous oh. marriage. Well, there's okay. nothing wrong with monogamy. If someone mm-hmm. wants to be in a happy monogamous relationship, I'm happy to help you with that because that works for a lot of people, but it doesn't work for everyone. So that's where, oh. and, and it's all taught from a Taya perspective. I had no idea I was taboo. It's nice to know. <laughs> <laughs> Are your books on Amazon? Yeah, most of them. Um, and I'm actually setting up a different website to sell them direct as well because um, Amazon's been doing a lot of banning of certain subjects really? and I have a feeling with some of the stuff I get into, I'm, I've got that coming and I'm not trying to put that oh, out there man. in the universe, but I am aware, <laughs> I am aware that this could happen. So mm-hmm. I, I will be ready for it if it is and mm-hmm. in which case I'll sell direct, but yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll put out there that, uh, Amazon's going to continue to embrace you and embrace your, your teachings and that it's just going to be a wonderful thing. That's the only way to go as far as I'm concerned. I do like the fact, though, that uh, uh, you, you emphasized a key stream point, the idea of non-judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you, honestly, and you, if you've listened to the podcast in the past, you may have heard me touch on this before. I, I have mixed feelings about the word judgment because the way most people use it is not the way I use it. But when I use it the way they mean it, then I agree with them. Yes, I don't want to be somebody who's into judgment. For me, judging is just discerning, but that's not the exactly. way that people think about it. Yeah. No, exactly. That's actually, it's, I have to be careful about that too, because honestly, yeah. nowadays I use the word judgment as it's universally thought right. of because that's right. just how everyone's going to read into it. But yeah, discernment is really like, honestly, there's nothing wrong with judging. It's yeah. <laughs> when you understand it that way. Yeah. yeah we, are, we are judging all the time where it com- becomes an issue for a lot of people is when you start forcing your opinions on someone else. For instance, someone who's right. polyamorous thinking everyone should be or someone who's monogamous thinking that polyamory is immoral and things like that, or just that like certain like sexual kinks and fetishes should be, should not be practiced. Or if one partner has a certain kink and the other partner thinks that's disgusting, well, that's, that's a, that's a problem (laughs) and it needs to be worked out, but no one should shame someone for wanting something or not wanting something. It just has to be has to be worked out differently. Yeah. Oh, that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. No doubt about it. Actually, I, and I'm with you completely on, on the discernment and so forth. Uh, the way I look at it is if we, if we didn't judge, we'd be hitting each other's cars and we'd be bouncing <laughs> off of each other in the supermarkets. And, you know, you have to be able to judge things like distance and proximity yeah. and so forth. Otherwise you can't do anything in life. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm a skydiver. And if I didn't judge, yeah. you know, I could really well, hurt myself. <laughs> well, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> definitely want to have a good sense of judgment for that. (laughs) So, okay. Well, then that gives us a a nice kind of a a set of parameters to have our, the rest of our conversation in. So thank you for cluing us in on all that. What role do you play now um, within the Taya circle? In other words, I've gotten my first taste of what the the Taya Facebook group is, the broader one. I I haven't, I've been welcomed into the, uh, the private one that, you get become a member of once you've actually signed up for the program. And I barely know anybody there other than to say, Oh, well, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> but in your, what, what's your role in that community at this point? I mean, how do you participate? Other than the fact that you are writing David's book for it, which is uh, so minimal, but besides that part. <laughs> so I'm not writing the book for him. We're writing it together. Correct. But... I'm, I'm not <laughs> He's, I'd say it's equally, actually, it's about a third, a third, and a third. No. Oh, okay. No, it's it's a little bit him, mostly the stream. So it's like the half the stream, half me, and then a mm-hmm. little bit of his actual words in there. Whereas oh, his see. first book was like half him, half the stream. This mm-hmm. time it's me in the stream. So, but right. but yeah, okay. he's he's actually a fantastic writer. He keeps saying, "Oh, I'm dyslexic." No, he's wonderful. He just, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it, that from so many people who are dyslexic and noticed that they had much better skills I than know. what they actually claimed. Right? Oh, yeah. I've read yes. a lot of books in my editing career and mm-hmm. he's wonderful. But anyway, yeah. uh, my part in the community. So I'm one of the Taya masters. I was mm-hmm. one of the first two, actually. Um, Stacy is the only one in mastery who got in there before me. So um, from the beginning of Taya mastery, when David first started it, I hopped in because, because, mm-hmm. you know, I would probably uh, uh, explain what a master is. I mean, we kind of, kind of imagine, but you know, it has very definite meaning to it. 
Yeah, it turns out we don't get cloaks and medallions. <laughs> I was really disappointed to find out about that. <laughs> Although I am actually writing a science fiction series called The Streamerverse, and their entire is actually in there, and there are Titan Masters, and we have cloaks. But uh, <laughs> but that's all in my imagination. I'll have to check that one out. Well, that's all right. That's where everything starts. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so um, it's basically, it started out, gosh, there were, I think, four of us at the beginning. And... Um, two of us are still in there because it's not like once you're in, it's not like you're in forever. It's each year you decide to stay. So it's a year long program. It's basically boot camp on steroids, but with no, um, there's no, this sounds so bad, but there's no structure. It's, and there's not supposed to be, it's not like boot camp is very, very structured. You have your mm-hmm. steps and it's an actual process laid out in front of you. There's none of that in mastery. Okay. Um, and so after we finished boot camp, there's, you know, the groups of us or the few of us who got really involved with the practice, um, David started mastery pretty much for us. And it has grown now like Dan, who's on here mm-hmm. a lot. He's in there now. Um, right. so I think there's, wait, is there eight of us now? I think there are, eight or nine of us. I should have known that when I got on here, but uh, <laughs> we won't but, hold it against you. I promise. But yes, it's, we don't operate in a, there's no online portal or anything. It's literally mm-hmm. biweekly calls that are two hours and he brings the stream in for the, that um, we take turns hosting. So each one of us, because we're all masters, the idea is that we're all of like equal standing in the group. Mm-hmm. So um, one of us leads the group each time mm-hmm. and we go in order of seniority and then david when he gets to his turn it's well we never really know what he, what's going to happen usually we bring in the stream and um and we also get unlimited stream sessions mm-hmm. so that like as much as so, i love the group calls i do but those unlimited one-on-one stream sessions i get make it worth it and this is my fourth year in mastery so mm-hmm. Are you guys part of the training of the boot camp, or is that just a whole separate thing? Mm-mm. Um, some of us are. Uh, a few of us are more involved in the actual business side of things. I am pretty involved because I'm the editor, right. and um, I help with like copywriting. And um, actually, David and I are starting a publishing company. So Ooh, um, nice. that is... Where wow, you are a busy woman. You know I, that? I really, I, I am. It's not necessarily yeah. a good thing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm working on maybe not doing quite as much. My biggest uh-huh. focus right now is really the Taya practice. And like anything mm-hmm. that branches out from the Taya practice or stems back to the Taya practice is where my focus is now. So I've just been mm-hmm. kind of pushing everything else away and both energetically and physically pushing it away because oh, like wow. literally I stopped getting a lot of of my normal editing clients, like only mm-hmm. Taya has really been the big focus in my life. So I'm also a wow. Taya coach and, um, I am active in the group, not as much as I could be. I'm not a huge Facebook fan. I'm trying to get my feet wet in there a little more, but yeah, t- coaching and mostly just I'm handling the publishing side. And, and what's different about being a, a Taya coach? I mean, coaching, I think in general, we all have some sort of sense of what that's about, but specifically where Taya is concerned, what makes it different to be a Taya coach? Every session we have, I mean, obviously is unique because every boot camper is going to be in a completely different position, but it's uh, applying the Taya principles to whatever the student is going through. So in order to be a Taya coach, I want to say there's only, there are only three of us right now. I think there's only three of us right now um, okay. because we're working on having a system to make more certified Taya coaches, but like you have to really understand the practice and be deep in the practice to coach someone else. Like the mentorship program is different. The mentorship program in Taya um, consists of people who've been through boot camp and now they're ready to mentor someone else who's going through it. And since, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are fairly fresh out of boot camp or they've been out for a while, but like it's a big part of their lives. But like mm-hmm. the coaches, like we're in mastery and we've been, like, right. this is. And it's called mastery, even though the first rule, well, the first rule is that there are no rules in Taya. And the first rule of mastery is that you never master it. So it's <laughs> absolutely, I like so that. Even though we are quote unquote masters, we're not. <laughs> I tried to trip Dan up on that the other day. He says, no, 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 I'm not a master. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but the thing about being a master is it's Taya has mastered our lives. Like every mm-hmm. single waking moment 
this is applied in my life. There isn't a single second that goes by that this isn't on my mind or something comes up and I immediately say, okay, if I take fear and judgment out of the situation, where am I? Okay. That's my next step. So when coaching, that's the first thing we bring up is a lot of people come with some, usually when someone signs up for a coaching session, they have some sort of catastrophic thing that's happening to them Mm -hmm. at that moment that Mm -hmm. they're what we call DTS or down the spiral about, which means they're just kind of in a low negative (laughs) that which we label negative place about it. And so a lot of times what I'm doing instead of being like, okay, let's figure this out is okay. So what if the worst happens? Oh, I love that approach. Mm -hmm. So I love that too. And, and I, and and also to say, so what without sounding like a complete jerk, but, (laughs) but but essentially that's what you're driving at. Yeah. And it's, it's to let go of the outcome of like, Mm -hmm. I was working with one woman who's, terrified her child was going to get taken away. And it's like, okay, so what if that happens? And it's interesting Mm -hmm. because I was in that exact situation when I was in boot camp. When I started boot camp, I was in the middle of the, or not in the middle, I was at the beginning of that custody battle. And by the end of boot camp, I had my kid. And, but what really made peace with that was accepting that I might not win this. I might not get her. And then what? well, I'll be okay. She'll be an adult and she'll remember that I fought for her. And Mm -hmm. so coaching people into setting the intention for the best possible outcome is pretty much what we do. That's a great thing to do. I loved, I I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that that was the approach you guys took. That's something that I've done informally when, you know, I'm not, I'm not a coach. I never wanted to really be a coach. I tried it for like two weeks and I said, no, this isn't for me. But, uh, informally when I've tried to help people out, that's been one of my favorite things to do is to ask them that exact question. What's the worst possible scenario? What happens if the worst thing happens? Yeah. I've used that too. I definitely use that coaching people. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been using that since way before I discovered Taya, like one of my books, um, Mm -hmm. overcoming chronic pain through yoga, which is interesting because it's still to this day, my best selling book. And it's just so not who I am anymore. It's not how I teach, (laughs) but, but, That was when I was on my little spiritual pedestal for a while there, but, um, we don't talk about that time, but it's still, (laughs) it's still one of like the concepts behind it. I actually need to go back and do some editing in there because Mm -hmm. it's still very much how I overcame chronic pain and how I helped a lot of my clients, but it's very much the, like, let's, it's so opposite of what we're trained to do, but it's like, let's really think about the worst possible scenario and just feel it and get in there and like, okay, What's the worst possible? Is it that you die or is it that you're in horrible pain? Well, which mm-hmm. is worse to you? For me, pain mm-hmm. is way worse than dying. So let's mm-hmm. sit with that and think about it. Most people really get uncomfortable doing that. But when you do, it's so empowering to yes. actually realize that nothing can really hurt you. Yes. Not really. That, that's a breakthrough moment when you realize that. I mean, it's one thing mm-hmm. to be told that it was true, but to experience it is quite a different thing. That's something I'm not even sure you can teach that. No, (laughs) no, you can tell someone, but they have to go and figure it out themselves and you can teach. Well, you can't teach, but you can coach them into doing it themselves. But I mean, they have to do the work. It's like, I like, you know, death is a big fear for a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. like, I eradicated my fear of death a while ago. I thought I did a few times, but I hadn't completely. And someone recently asked me like, so I mean, are you like, honestly okay with the fact that you might die very young I'm like yeah I'm good great i'm good <laughs> and it took a lot of experiences to get me to that point but now i can confidently say i'm there whereas i think i probably would have said i was there like six years ago and i wasn't <laughs> now you got me wondering if i am i mean I w- up until this conversation i would have said oh yeah i'm fine with it and 20 years ago i would have been completely not fine with it but now i'm wondering <laughs> well have you had a crazy near-death experience it's not usually, personally that's usually not how you know <laughs> is, oh, okay. is when you're actually there and it's like mm-hmm. oh am i good at, am i good <laughs> am i okay with this and that's that's usually how you know for sure i've i've never had a near-death experience but i've been so sick that I felt like it would feel better to die right now. Mm. Like, I mean, not even, not like, you know, some long drawn out illness or something, but just been in that moment where you're just like, if I have to live any longer feeling this crappy, I'd rather just move on. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Understandable. Yeah. Yep. I, I can't say I've had that experience. What I had that, 
Well, for me, it was more just kind of over the time period transitional over the course of like 20 years. But the, the closest I can come to a breakthrough moment is when my dad died. He died in 2008, um, just before the, the financial crisis. And I had the very strange experience of doing all my mourning before he died. And then after he died, I was yeah. like, fine. I, I thought, this is, this isn't the way this is supposed to work. I've been told very clearly you, you do the mourning after the person dies, but that's not what happened. And then we had a couple of um, events happen where my, my sister got contacted him shortly after he passed. I had a dream where I got to meet with him and talk with him about two months afterward. And after that, I was fine. I, not only was I fine with his death, I was just fine with death. Like, oh, okay. I now have what I consider to be confirmation that, yeah, we really do continue. Everything's fine. My dad's great. Like, okay. In fact, it was really strange. I've told this story a few times before, but it was really strange when we went to the memorial service after he passed. Because we're sitting, this is in a Protestant church. I think it was, um, I can't remember, maybe a congregational, I'm not sure. But we're, we're sitting in an anti-room, anti-room with, with the, uh, the minister and everybody's filing and so forth. And my family and I, we're all just chatting. We're having a great time. And the minister's looking around at us. And it finally dawned on me. He was there to comfort us. We didn't need comforting. Mm-hmm. It was really a strange experience. And then afterward, they, you know, they, they have what they call a fellowship hall. So after the service, we went to the fellowship hall to meet with everybody and we're comforting everybody else. They're all coming up to us. And, you know, of, of course they're saying, you know, we're so sorry for your loss and so forth. And they're the ones who are doing the morning. We're saying, Oh, you know, he's okay. He's fine. Very strange. But mm-hmm. that experience was kind of like my, it was almost like my graduation ceremony. That's the way I kind of think about it. So yeah, we're. <laughs> So interesting because I had exactly the same experience when my dad Did you died. really? Yeah, in, in 2017. And wow. he, we knew he was dying. He was, they had moved him to hospice. He was still home, but mm-hmm. I moved in with him for the last three months of his life and took mm-hmm. care of him, changed his diapers, fed him, gave him medicine, like mm-hmm. all the stuff he didn't want his daughter doing. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But it was, I did all my mourning before he died to the point mm-hmm. where I was holding his hand when he died and my sister was holding his other hand and we were like, Ah, finally, Mm. like he, he was was so ready to go and he, like, he would wake up in the mornings and be like, I am still here. Like, (laughs) 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 that was such a beautiful experience. Cause like by the time Mm. he was gone, we were all like, is there going to be another hit? Like, are we going to grieve more? Like, no, we did. We did that when we knew he was dying and that was like my sisters and I all like huddled together over him, but he was so fine. Like he was Mm. so fine with it. And he was having a conversation with someone at the end of his bed that none of us could see. And like, he was absolutely ready. And that was really empowering for me to be like, okay, he's like, he really is good. Like (laughs) there is nothing to be afraid of here. And that is a great feeling by the way. Yeah. Cause I know that feeling from, you know, from the similar experience when you know that the other person is not only in a good place, but they are personally in a good place, like mm-hmm. emotionally and, and, and who their essence is, their essence feels good in that place. Yeah. I mean, what, one of the, the little things that happened afterward, my sister, I mentioned there was a, um, after death contact from him, my sister received the contact and it was a, just a few days afterwards, she and my mom were at my mom's church. They were in a service and my sister gets started getting this massive headache. And she had had some training with how you connect um, psychically to the other side and realize this could be a, a, a contact. And so she instantly thought of my dad and put out the message, dad, is that you? Got back an instant yes. And my sister, I don't know why she did this to this day, but this is my sister. She says, what's it like on the other side? <laughs> and my dad comes back with the answer, festive. And when she told me that story, I knew it was true because my sister has never used the word festive in her life. So my dad would use it So of course it was definitely my dad who said that. And it just kind of, that put everything at ease. Cause I, then I knew dad was fine and I knew that it was a true story and it, it was like, everything was okay. It was beautiful. It was just it. It was over. Done. Okay. Next. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah Mine cool. showed up in my dreams a lot. Like, really? It's actually, dreams are kind of one of those things for me. Like when I first went through Taya boot camp, they said that I, I think I was the first Taya boot camper to start channeling the stream myself. Mm. And, um, other people have done it now. Like a couple of the other Taya masters also can now channel the stream, but it was mm. definitely like new for me, but my dreams were where they would come through. So like I would come through, I'd start writing it down. And then all of a sudden the stream messages started coming through. And actually in the Taya book, 
I share a couple of them and it's, you can, you can tell it's them. It's like the same voice and everything when they talk to me versus David. But I, I, to this day get visits, <laughs> wow. get visits from all sorts of things and a lot of clarity in my dreams. And actually just last night I had a dream about um, the dog that I had been, uh, I, my best friend and I had a dog we traveled with in this, in our travels and everything. And, she's getting older and I had a dream about her last night and I woke up thinking I better call Telly and see if tattoos. Okay. Cause tattoos, the dog, I'm like, I, what's going on. And just as I picked up my phone, there was a Facebook notification and she had tagged me to say goodbye tattoo. And I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> and so I was like, well, all right. Yeah. I saw that coming all right then. Yeah. 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 That's interesting too that uh, you guys are are now able to channel the stream yourselves. That that's actually sort of been a, a quiet goal of my own. Not that I want I don't want to really be a channel. I just want to be able to have the conversation, so to speak. So to hear that you guys have been able to do that is pretty cool. I believe that everyone can. I mean, yeah. we're all connected about to that. it. Everyone's a everyone's a channel for the stream. The stream is the same as you know, like all these other. There's all these channels out there, and I mean, I really believe everyone's channeling the same thing. It's just a matter of different types of connections and things, but mine's written. Like I can't do what David does. And mm -hmm. cause everyone thinks, well, you can talk to the stream yourself. Why do you care that you get one-on-one -on -one stream sessions? Like there is a big difference between getting a few paragraphs mm -hmm. that you write down first thing in the morning when you're, you're barely conscious versus sitting down and having a conversation where you can ask them questions. And the stream is yes. very different with each person one-on-one, -on -one. like with me, mm -hmm. they're, They'll get very playful and make jokes with me. I, the first time I ever heard the stream make a joke was when I was interviewing them on Summit. And their exact <laughs> words, they'd said something really powerful. And I was like, wow, damn. And they go, well, we would drop David's microphone, but it would make a loud noise. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was like, they yeah. just made a joke, but they, they do like to make jokes. And then they're also very like detail oriented with me. They'll give me timelines and homework. And like with the book that David and I are writing, they're very like, it's going to have these pictures and these images and these diagrams. And this section is going to say this, and you're going to do this. I'm like, okay, I'm writing this down. Okay. <laughs> so they're, they're all about specificity with me because that's how I am. Whereas like with someone else, they might be really esoteric or very abstract or you know, very simple. They might, like when they talk to my daughter, they simplify everything because, you know, mm -hmm. she's 12. So mm -hmm. she, she, then they won't, they're very careful not to scare her because she asks about death and a lot. Like her first question mm -hmm. for the stream was, where do we go when we die? Mm -hmm. And once she asked about the Bermuda Triangle, <laughs> okay. I love it. I learned all kinds of things from them. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I like that. I, it's I, like I, they, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Shelly. You go ahead. I was just going to say, it's, they meet us where we're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, and I like spreadsheets and to-do lists and outlines, so that's what they give me. That's what they give you, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I'm looking forward to I get my, my first private session with a stream on Thursday um, after the show that I did with Dan and Alex. And I'm kind of looking forward to, I'm also, there's like a little piece of me. Um, I, I mentioned this on the show last Wednesday with my two co-hosts who are both life coaches and we're very interested in the same part of it because apparently it's not like the stream asks you to get to the root of your own stuff. They, add, they just simply tell you, this is the root of your own stuff. And we're all wondering like, what are they going to tell me? <laughs> Should I be dreading this? I don't know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm seriously, I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be interesting to see, you know, what do they think my, my top three transgressors are? My, my first question is going to be, what is the fourth and fifth? And I'm just kind of really curious to see what they're going to come up with because I don't know what it is. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do that for me <laughs> with my, when, my, my, when my transgressor session came up, they're like, we're not going to tell you, you need to do this. On your own. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like It says right here, you're going to help me figure it out. And they're like, you'll, 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 you'll figure it out. I'm like, mm, this is false advertising. <laughs> and they're like, we're just not going to do it for you. <laughs> Well, at least they're straight about it. That's good. Yeah, they basically <laughs> said, you already know. And I'm like, okay, so is it this and this and this? And they're like. <laughs> <laughs> I sense an uh, duh there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Are you going to record it? Well. I think David uh, records it each yeah. time, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'll record all the sessions and send you the recording afterward. I, I still have all mine. 
and I do rewatch them sometimes and glean new little bits of information that do show up in my books and things like that. So, well, my intention uh, is actually to you know pick out a few pieces and actually play them on the show so that people can get a sense of what it's like. So, cool. yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm trying to turn this into an opportunity for all listeners to get a, a sense of what, you, what you're what you doing and what you're getting when you sign up for something like this. Because there's a serious investment uh, mm-hmm. that, that's involved. It's a, it's a financial investment. It's uh-huh. a time investment. It's an emotional investment. And yeah. it's an investment in w- being willing to make some pretty serious changes in your life. Yeah. So, you know, that that's that's kind of scary. It's kind of daunting. And, and so I figured the more that I can help to take that fear away just by showing people, well, here's what actually happens. I think more and more people will feel like, okay, I can, I can do some growing myself. It's okay. Yeah. And David warns that while it has, while boot camp has caused some marriages, it's caused a lot more divorces. So <laughs> it's a little, it's my relationship ended when I was in there and mm. um, it was definitely, and it, it had been a pretty long-term relationship and it, mm-hmm. but it ended so peacefully. Like it was just, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not vibing the same and that's okay. What what you're basically talking about is the ability of the people, the two people involved to recognize where they really are in their lives Uh and to decide, is this really the route we want to be on together or is it time to go in separate directions and that there's nothing really wrong with that? Yeah. 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 So, okay. Well, this is, this is interesting. Uh, Shelly, I've been dominating here because as usual, I'm That's okay. <laughs> but do you want to jump in with, do you have anything that you were asking about or thinking about asking? Um, no, I've been jumping in a little here and there. You have? Yeah. 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 I just want to make sure I wasn't scratching you. I'm, I'm, fascin- just... I'm fascinated with your, with your session on Thursday. You're just like, Me yeah, it would be cool. I'm like, oh my God, that would be so cool. <laughs> 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 well, it's going to be a different experience because, like I said, I've interviewed the stream many times here on the show, but that's mm. interviewing for the public. This time right. it's for me, and I'm not really sure what to expect there. Yeah, it's it's different. It's yeah. it's like indescribably different because even in Taya Mastery, we get really personal, and they will call us out because mm. it's, we're such a tight knit group. Like these. Especially the two, we've had two newest editions, like Dan and this other person, Nicole. And obviously they like, it's, it's such a, like they fit right in. It's like, Hey, come on, join the huddle. But it's, <laughs> it's still the ones who started out in there with me, um, very specifically Stacy and Matt, who um, I'm assuming you'll probably end up interviewing. I, I've actually done a, a couple of shows with Matt. So I know uh, who Matt is. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen the ones with Matt on here. Okay. I'm gonna have Matt, to he wasn't, he hadn't been on LA today. I did, I did a summit. I, let's see. Oh. I think, I think it was one of the stream summits I did okay. and there was something else with him, but I can't remember what, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, no in-depth conversations yet, but that'll come. Yeah. He's oh, and they will get in depth. <laughs> so, I'm sure they will. So, I'm like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But Stacy and Matt, like those two, Matt joined, I don't know, like maybe six months after me. So like pretty much mm-hmm. at the beginning too. Mm-hmm. So like those two, I feel like we've been on such a journey with David from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I've never met any of them in person. And I literally feel like wild? I could trust them with my entire life. Like the connection yeah. there is so deep and we know so many deep, intimate things about each other. Mm-hmm. And so the stream has no problem calling us out in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. So it's definitely like we learn some, like we've learned some stuff about David where he's like, Oh, they told you that, huh? (laughs) 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 It's, it's so personal. And then after Stacy and Matt came like Elisha and, um, and Carrie, Carrie and I have met in person, but Mm. before she was in mastery. So like it's each person that comes in is so immediately like scooped into this like little Mm. family, but it's deeper than a family. It's hard to explain, but they get so, intimate and detailed with us to the point where um, someone will say, okay, anyone else have a question for the stream? And the stream will go, Elisha, you have something to say to us. And so, and so like, she'll pop back on the camera like, ah, okay. <laughs> but even so with all that, it's like a one-on-one and it's really deep and personal, but it's still different from your actual one-on-one. Like mm. I've gotten into detailed conversations about my relationships where they've talked about my significant others. And, um, they basically told me that one of my relationships was probably not so good. They're like, you you need to assess if this is someone you want to intertwine yourself with for much longer. 
And looking back, I'm like, I should have paid more attention to that. <laughs> well, that's the way it normally goes in life, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, we, we take a long time very often before we let go of stuff, whether it be humans or experiences or lifestyles or whatever it might be. We just we just do. You know, yeah. we, we hang on. Yeah, we're we're, yeah. we're gatherers. <laughs> yeah, but they'll get specific and they will mm. name names and <laughs> they will they will call stuff out. And it's it's fascinating to just. Cause, and it's different with each one. Like one time I, I needed something and they ended up giving me like a reading that I didn't ask for, that I wasn't expecting. Oh my. Or, or I've been talking to David in a business meeting and the stream has just showed up to talk to him. <laughs> and he, right after saying, he's like, yeah, I mean, you don't need the stream. We'll just talk. And then all of a sudden he's like, and we are here. Like, okay. <laughs> so, so they really wanted to talk to me. I got it. And they'll tell me things like they've given me business advice and like, here's what you need to be doing. And so just, just know that it's completely different every time, but you'll get exactly what you needed. Out of I, it. I think, I think you've confirmed all my worst fears. I mean, that's a good thing. But <laughs> <laughs> and it's never scary. I don't, they've never told me anything I didn't want to hear. Like there were definitely certain things. Yeah. Like I had two partners at one point that were not, getting along <laughs> well mm, and they mm. were not taking well to the fact that they weren't the only one in my life. And I brought it, mm. I brought it up to the stream and, and they basically told me what exactly was about to happen. And it did. And I was like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. I want, I mean, put the stream aside for a second. I've always wondered about that side of it. I think this may be one reason why I've, on the one hand, I've wanted to have a stream type connection. On the other hand, I've been resistant to it. Because there's always that piece of me that says, do I really want to know what's about to happen? I mean, do I seriously, do I really want to know that? And I kind of think maybe, but I'm not 100% sure. They they won't tell you unless it's necessary. They're even, they always say, like, we're not in the business of predicting the future, even though they totally right. are. Like, it's, <laughs> like, it's, well, I guess it's true. They're not in the business. Uh, are they in the business of, of, telling the, of predicting the future or are they in business of telling you what you're lining up for yourself? Exactly. That's not necessarily the same and, thing. Yeah. And it's definitely very much like they always say we're not in the business of telling the future, but like they can, they, if they tell you something that's about to happen, that's very unusual. Mm. And um, it's usually for very good reason. Mm -hmm. Like, look out for this. And that's how I feel about like when I re read tarot cards, because there's been a few times because my tarot readings are pretty positive and I don't get into a lot of the woo woo. I try to just be no nonsense, straightforward. And there's been times when cards have come up and I'm like, there is something going to happen. You know, it's like their future card or whatever. And it's like, you need to be careful, you know, and then it's like within a week or two, you know, I had a friend that was actually attacked in her home and mm -hmm. and it scared her so bad. She wouldn't have a reading for a long time. And I'm like, I didn't, it wasn't like the cards did that. Like it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't the reading's fault. It was because you were told to be careful and you still were leaving your house unlocked and you, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. And, and like some pregnancies, like, you know, I see a baby in your you know, the future is a baby. And then they're like, no. And then I hear like two weeks later, oh my God, my girlfriend was pregnant and I didn't even know it. And it's like, so that was already happening. It wasn't yeah. telling the future, but you know, just stuff like that. And it's, I, I look at reading tarot cards as kind of tapping into that source energy, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really specific too. Like yeah. the stream won't, well, maybe they will. I'm sure they could, but they've never gotten that specific with me. It's mm -hmm. the, the best example I can think of is I was in this weird place of like complacency for like six months. Mm. I wasn't up the spiral. I wasn't down the spiral. I was, mm -hmm. I wanted to be left alone. I just did not care about things. Everything in my life was so good. I'm like, okay, I have an amazing relationship. My, like my romantic life is perfect. My financial life is perfect. My health is perfect. Everything is perfect. I have everything I want. And I kind of like just didn't want to mess with it because I'm like, mm -hmm. everything's perfect. And so I, that was actually when I got the stream session forced on me. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> that um, the stream just showed up and started talking to me. And they basically said, like, you don't care about anything right now. We're not judging that. But something's going to happen that's going to make you care. And like three days later, my car got stolen. And I was like, I really that would do it. loved that car. There was so much oh. custom work on it. And I was oh. like... Okay. So I'm like, it's fine. It's, it's a Honda. It's in a chop shop. Cause it had all this custom stuff. It's cool. And I went and bought a new car that day and it ended up being 
the last car on the lot of that year in the color that I wanted. They're not making that car again. Oh, of course. Yes. It was the very last one. I got a great right. deal on it. I drove the car home. I called it my X-Wing Starfighter because my Millennium Falcon was what got stolen. Oh. And then I'm like, okay, great. I'm up the spiral now. Got a new car. Everything's fine. Lost my Millennium Falcon. A week later, I get a call. They found the Millennium Falcon in perfect uh, condition. In perfect oh. condition. Oh, wow. And I'm like, and now I have both of them. Okay. <laughs> so that was a little... But like when it first happened, I remember being like, the stream told me about this. And I didn't... <laughs> I, it's not that I didn't listen. It was just kind of like there was nothing I could do. Like, the, the, they mm -hmm. told me, like, something's going to happen that's going to make you care. and I, But I didn't care. So it was like it had to happen that way. So. It, it's kind of it's kind of like saying I'm I'm about I'm going to sneak up on you when least expect it. I'm going to scare you. Like, well, how am I supposed to plan for that? Yeah, you can't. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> that feeling that you're talking about, I can so relate to that. I felt that so many times in the last couple of years, where I'm just like. I don't really, I don't even feel like progressing is necessary right now. I'm just like in a really good place in my life. And then I'm just like, no, I'm here to learn and grow. Like you gotta, yeah. you can't stay stagnant for too long, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. actually shortly after that, I, well, luckily that happened because that was kind of the beginning, but then like they talk about your three major spinning plates, um, romance, health, and finances. Mm -hmm. And it's rare that you have all three spinning perfectly. It's mm -hmm. possible, of course, sure. you can have whatever you want, but it's rare. And at that time in my life, all of those plates were spinning beautifully, everything was perfect. And then one by one, each plate went flying and I'm standing there like, okay. Welcome <laughs> so, to the polarity. Like, all right, polarity, <laughs> here we go. And I, but I never really let myself get down about it. And mm -hmm. see, now that to me is growth right there. That to me shows yeah. you how far you had grown because you yeah. had this great situation. Everything falls apart. You say, eh, oh, well, yeah, no big and deal. Honestly, it was, it was kind of fun to like watch everything mm -hmm. go crashing <laughs> and then figure out how to put it all back together and then wait for the miracle to happen one by one. Like, I don't know. Obstacles are almost entertaining now. It's like being in a haunted house. And it's like, <laughs> I love that. one of the other Thai masters said that she's like, being DTS is like being in a haunted house You're or watching a horror movie. It's scary and it's fun and you know, it's going to be over soon, but it's like, ah, and then you get out of there and you're like, whoa, oh, that was a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. God, that's over, but it was fun and you move on. And it's, it's a lot like that. <laughs> that's very awesome. interesting. Very, very interesting. Especially since, for myself personally, I've never really had an interest in horror movies, for instance. I mean, I, I would go to a horror movie. I, I remember when the first Alien movie came out in the early 1980s. I love and that. A friend, a friend of mine dragged me there. I mean, literally, I had no interest in seeing it at all. He dragged me there. It got to the scene where the alien eats his way out of the guy's belly. And my friend, who had dragged me there, grabs me by the shirt and says, we're leaving. <laughs> And everybody's freaking out around the theater. And I am sitting here like this. <laughs> trying to avoid ruining the experience for everybody else. I mean, that's just the way I've always been about horror. Like, oh, you, you can't convince me of this. I'm sorry. Good luck. But it's yeah. not happening. So I'm, now I'm beginning to wonder, okay, what am I setting myself up for? <laughs> yeah. See, I love it's horror be good, books. Though. I don't oh, like do? horror. I actually don't really like movies as much unless they're superheroes. I like. Do you like a Stephen King type thing, or what do you like? Uh, I do love. I've I've read a lot of Stephen King, but mm -hmm. yeah, um, I, a lot of the books I write actually, I have a whole bunch of circus horror books that I'm working on. That oh, really? I was hesitant yeah. to put out at first because, kind of like with my brand, putting out scary stuff was like, mm, but it, mm. I, don't, I don't care anymore. I don't care what people think of me anymore. Good for you. It is like my, <laughs> it's gone. Like, <laughs> so all, all the cares <laughs> in the world are gone. And so I'm just writing whatever I want. But a lot of my horror stuff is very, very dark and twisted. And I realize mm. I read a lot of that dark and twisted stuff and I love it. But I'm a pretty bubbly, happy person overall. <laughs> so I do enjoy wow. like having that weird part of me indulged because it's so close to or so far from reality. Like it's mm. just so not real. And I've never been one to like be afraid if there's a ghost around the corner. I'm granted I'm not into ghosts. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm more into like zombies. <laughs> I really like zombies a lot. <laughs> Vampires are really cool. Monsters, but not ghosts. Ghosts don't interest me. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is a ghost experience or not. I did have a ghost experience and, and it did, I don't know if it scared me, but it startled me because I was asleep and I had this face come at me. That's what you really, have. Really, really close. 
and it said, hello. And I said, whoa, what the hell is that? <laughs> you know, so was I scared? I guess I was startled very strongly. Yeah. Was I scared? I wasn't really scared of it. I didn't feel like it was going to hurt me or something like that. But. I had a ghost experience in my 20s. And I actually, now that you say that, I wonder if that's why I'm not a fan of ghost stories. Mm. <laughs> because mm -hmm. it's too close to reality for me. Like, mm. I think everything else is kind of like, oh, it's so fun because it's not real. Whereas... <laughs> I've seen a ghost, so yeah. yeah. Understandable. Yeah. This well, this whole realm that we're in, I, I mean I call it the conscious creator realm, people call it spirituality, they call it the energy realm, they call it a whole bunch of things. But this whole realm is just full of all kinds of stuff. People with different perspectives, things that they're interested in and so forth. And a lot of it I I don't have any interest in it at, at all. And and some of the stuff I have no interest in other people are like, Oh, they're so engrossed in that part of it. Yeah. You know, so to me, that's just an indication of, of how much variety there is in this universe. I mean, there's, there's enough variety for everybody. Yeah, and it suits, like, everyone has their own thing that really suits them. Like, I look back yeah. to, I was raised super religious, and a lot of the people I grew up with are still really into that. I'm like, that mm. is so great that it's working for you. It. Please don't judge me that it doesn't work for me. Actually, <laughs> judge me if you want. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> but, like, in yeah. the, in the spiritual community, because I started getting into, like, a lot of occultism. I've studied every religion. I love them all. Mm. But getting out of religion and into kind of the spiritual world, a lot of my friends are really into reading like, oh, what is your soul's journey or something? There, there are a whole bunch of books on like, this is exactly what happens when you leave the physical body and this is what's happening in this realm. And there's this many chakras and this many dimensions and your mm. soul group when you get to your death experience. And isn't this amazing? I'm like, who cares? I'm like, <laughs> Why? About, like none of this affects me right now like why would i give a crap about any of it and they're mm. like what this doesn't amaze you what's like, wrong with you yeah I'm like, this, i don't know why this is interesting to you but that's like that was kind of one of those moments of okay we're really different people and there's nothing wrong with that like i it, it's so great that it's so fascinating and transformative for them like studying past lives yeah. and things like that people i know people really into studying past lives and it's very beneficial for them i got into it for a while as well now I don't care. Like, I just, like this. I, I get it. I mean, for myself, I like hearing other people's enthusiasm. You know, so I almost don't even care what it is they're into. I mean, to a certain degree, I do. There's some things I just don't want to go near. But for the most part, you know, I don't really care what it is they're into. But when I hear their passion for it, that's what I love. Yeah. That mm -hmm. to me is the really cool part. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's why I do a podcast. I get to interview all kinds of people with all kinds of interesting viewpoints. Yeah. I love hearing about what people are interested in. Because I'll listen like, that's fascinating. As long yeah. as you don't try to convert me, I'm all but on yeah. <laughs> Don't push it on me. Well, the way I look at it is good luck converting me. I mean, you, you don't, really don't have a prayer, but you'll have at it if you like. It's just not going to really pay off for you. But, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll agree with everything and then you won't know where you are. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I have a lot of psychic medium friends and anyone who's a psychic medium like they're that's so great like and I do believe it works like I, I'm not saying I don't believe in what they're doing mm. but I don't know if it would work for me because I don't give power to it so it's like what 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 will work for someone else because they give power to it isn't going to work for someone else like people who don't believe in energy healing like it mm. doesn't work I'm like mm -hmm. well of course it doesn't work you don't believe in it yeah yeah, yeah. pretty straightforward yeah well, speaking of that kind of connection, we, before we finish, we have to let people know how to find Cat Wanders because she's got this great collection of books that she's done. She's got all this. How do they find out about you? Right now, I do have my website, catwanders.com. Um, it's that's that's probably your best bet. Right now, it's focused mostly on my editing business. As I slowly... and then spell it out because because there's a spelling here, and this is a podcast, so we have to yes. make sure people know how to spell it. So how do they spell it out? <laughs> so don't try to put a U in it. But Cat Wanders is Q A T W A N D E R S. Wanders is spelled normally, but Cat with a Q Q A T is how it's spelled. No U. There we go. Otherwise, it would be quacked. But <laughs> <laughs> do you do and you? I edit... you com at the end of that, right? Yeah. yeah. Because we have to go, otherwise, if they don't put the dot com in, they probably yes. won't find it. Yes, catwanders.com. Just saying. <laughs> Sorry, Shelly. Do you Shelley. edit fiction? I do. You do? That's my favorite to edit. Okay. I've written a couple fiction, and they're they're on Amazon, um, on the Kindle, the the direct publishing thing, but they, they're they very poorly edited. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot, a lot are, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's a... 
it's a skill that takes time and it's expensive. Like getting yeah. for a self-published book is expensive. Ugh. And I try to keep my prices as low as possible, but it's definitely like, cause I know how much investment it's a it lot takes of work. for an author, but yeah, it's a lot of work. It, yeah. it is a ton of work. It really is. So, mm-hmm. well, I'll tell you what has not been a lot of work. That's been interviewing you. You've been an absolute pleasure. So thank you very yeah, much. It's been fun today. listening. Fun. Yeah, it was so much fun to Love be here. I'm looking forward to learn more about Ty. You just made my appetite more whetted. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> I'm so excited for your call. <laughs> Have so yeah, much I'm really looking forward to it too. So thank you, Cat Wanders. Really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, Shelly, as usual. Thank you, especially to our podcast listeners everywhere. And we will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.